Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings this morning are from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 through 31, and from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. My sermon is titled, New Plumes. You'll find the link to our complete announcements in your email. Here are a few highlights. Today at 11 a.m. we will have our annual congregational meeting via Zoom. You'll find the link in your email. We hope to see you there. This Thursday, the 11th, we will have virtual small groups at 8 p.m. via Zoom. I also invite you to join us for that as we spend an hour in conversation, spiritual practice, and adding some color to our daily routines. The following Wednesday, the 17th, marks the beginning of Lent. That evening, we will have a meditative Ash Wednesday service at 7.30 p.m. via Zoom. Note that you're encouraged to have a candle prepared, and if you so choose, you'll be invited to use soot from your extinguished candle for the ritual marking of ashes. And now, in preparation for worship, you're invited to quiet yourself, Becoming still as you prepare to worship God. Good news is ours to tell. News of life, freedom, and hope. Of love, acceptance, and belonging. That creates wholeness and community. Let us worship God who has chosen us. To carry this good news to all. Yes, alleluia, amen.
Let us pray. God of wholeness and healing, you long to guide us in your ways and raise us to fullness of life. For the times when we heed this guidance, we give thanks. For the times we do not, we pray forgiveness. Draw us back to you, the source of all life. And now, in silence, we continue in prayer to you. God is a God of life. God is a God of forgiveness. God is a God of love. Let us live this truth in the world. That we are loved, forgiven, and given life. Blessed be. Amen. From the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, beginning with verse 21. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy One, as we hear these ancient words, may we hear your word for us this day. Amen. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Have you not been told from the very first? Have you not discerned how the earth was founded? It is God who is enthroned above the vault of the earth, so that its inhabitants seem like grasshoppers, who spread out the skies like gauze, stretched them out like a tent to dwell in. God brings monarchs to naught, makes rulers of the earth as nothing. Hardly are they planted, hardly are they sown, Hardly has their stem taken root in the earth when God blows upon them and they dry up and the storms bear them off like straw. To whom then can you liken me? To whom can I be compared, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and see who created these. 
the Holy One who sends out their host by count, who calls them each by name. Because of God's great might and vast power, no one fails to appear. Why do you say, O Jacob? Why do you declare, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Holy One. My cause is ignored by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Holy One is God from old, creator of the earth from end to end. God never grows faint or weary. God's wisdom cannot be fathomed. God gives strength to the weary, fresh vigor to the spent. Youths may grow faint and weary, and the young stumble and fall. But they who trust in the Holy One shall renew their strength as eagles grow new plumes. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall march and not grow faint. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. from the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, beginning with the 29th 
verse. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Here ends the reading. With our readings from Isaiah and Mark, we meet people trying to find their footing again people questioning what they believed before in light of what they've seen and endured. In response to shaken foundations, Isaiah offers speech after speech with words of comfort for the ancient Israelites. The northern and southern kingdoms have fallen. The temple has been destroyed. They are living as exiles in Babylon. What are they left to believe about God, about themselves, about their future? Isaiah urges them not to lose heart. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Have you not discerned how the earth was founded? It is God who is enthroned above the vault of the earth, so that its inhabitants seem as grasshoppers. God brings monarchs to naught makes rulers of the earth as nothing. Hardly are they planted, hardly are they sown, hardly has their stem taken root in the earth when God blows upon them and they dry up, and the storm bears them off like straw. Do you not know? Have you not heard? God never grows faint or weary. The young may stumble and fall, but they who trust in the Holy One shall renew their strength as eagles grow new plumes. Six hundred years later, the people of God are in need of hope and perspective once more. Just as Isaiah observed, the people of Mark's gospel have seen rulers come and go. From temperate to tyrannical, renditions of Rome and its emperors vary depending on loyalties. What comes into clear view is governance built on a system of power plays. 
those in positions of relative authority, whether religious leaders or governors, are entangled in corruption and impending betrayal. Forced suicide is common. Simmering riots are perpetual. Tensions rage both within and between groups. Afraid of losing power over the people, Rome's response to civil unrest is severe. Rarely is an opportunity missed to rub salt in the wounds of those under its control. In response to a dispute between the Jews and Gentiles about an altar, the Emperor Caligula constructs a large statue of himself in the temple. When the Emperor Nero is taking heat for setting a fire in Rome to clear the way for a new palace, he blames the Jews for setting it and meets out justice by covering them in the skins of wild animals, letting dogs loose to tear them apart, and setting them ablaze as human torches. And following the first Jewish revolt, when Jerusalem falls and the second temple is destroyed, the Emperor Vespasian introduces new coins that remain in circulation for the next 25 years, depicting their defeat. This is the context out of which Mark was written. A people displaced again amidst the struggle for power and a growing sickness in the hunt for it. In the stories of Jesus healing the suffering and casting out demons, the themes of Rome appear. With each exorcism, there is an emphasis on the confrontation with the possessed, a power struggle. Silenced, the demon is prevented from assuming dominance over Jesus, and the demon is driven out. Even with awareness, it is difficult not to recreate the systems we're used to living within. It's tempting to imagine freeing ourselves from the demons, only to exchange one hierarchy for another, and so with the patriarchy of old and of today, continue, in the words of Naomi Khan and June Carbaron, to valorize the desire for dominance over others. Mark's gospel challenges us to keep looking for the narratives of the demons and of Jesus keep being woven together. Jesus casts out ek balo demons. Following his baptism, the spirit casts out ek balo Jesus into the wilderness. And there, with the wild animals, he is tempted for 40 days. The New Testament scholar Gert van Oyen points out that though the people in the story don't yet know, as it is later retold, it is Jesus' enemies who make his true identity known in the world.
when Jesus enters the house of Simon and Andrew, and he lifts up or awakens Simon's mother-in-law, relieving her from a fever or from being on fire, she begins serving them. Now, it is possible Mark was not fully liberated from the hierarchical gender norms that assume a woman should arise only to immediately serve the men in the room. But revisiting the story of Jesus in the wilderness also expands her story. Jesus ministers to Simon's mother-in-law, and Simon's mother-in-law begins ministering diokoneo, like a deacon, to Jesus, just as the angels ministered diokoneo to him when he was in the wilderness. The ministering is not one-directional. Jesus ministers to her, she ministers to him. And as she does the work of heavenly beings, the plane of the heavens meets the plane of the earth. The kingdom of God is here. And when the crowds come, and the inevitable temptation to raise one above the rest returns, Jesus becomes lost in the wilderness in the vulnerable place where he is ministered to in the face of temptation. Finally strengthened like an eagle with new plumes, he is found ready to proclaim the kingdom of God and to cast out demons who would valorize the desire for dominance over others. And the people are ready to receive and together to rise. We believe in a God who enters our lives through ordinary events. We believe in the Christ who invites us to a life of compassion and justice. We believe in the Spirit who awakens us to the mystery of God's very self. This we believe. Amen. Oh
Let us pray. Holy One, we gather in spirit this day, seeking your comfort and longing for the comfort of being close to those we love. We search for your wisdom as we weary of our isolation. And as we struggle in our weariness and isolation, we struggle even more to live as the loving and compassionate people you created us to be. Our anger is kindled where compassion is needed. Our complacency overwhelms us when a righteous response is called for. Holy One, we struggle to be the people you created us to be, kind and compassionate, standing with those whose voices have been silenced and whose agency has been carefully thwarted. Let us stand, we pray, with those who need support in their struggle for truth and justice and wholeness. Let us speak for those whose voices have been drowned out. Let us live with openness to your call in our lives to be authentically who you have called us to be, that we may be lights, glimpses of your face shining through us. Let us live that we may embrace and lift up those devastated by this pandemic, suffering with violence of all kinds and shadowed by oppression and poverty. Let us call to the light of love the systems that do not love but use. And let us always hold in our hearts your call to be transformed into your likeness, and in doing so, transform the world. And now, in silence, we continue in prayer. We make all of these prayers in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
go forth with new plumes, vulnerable and strong, ready to receive and rise. grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen. <laughs>